Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast show. This is your host, Danny, coming to you with another uplifting message of hope and inspiration. Well, I hope that your day has been a good day. Well, I had sort of an intriguing day today. I had a day where conversation with my best friend, and we were just talking about life basically, but also talking about hearing from God. So my best friend, her name is Ayana. So she gave me this thought about this message of talking about miracles. Uh, Because it's prevalent for this time of season. Because a lot of people need some things to happen for them that they cannot do on their own. And I believe in miracles. And I'm believing that God has a miracle in store for you. That God will do something for you this season, this day, to show you his wonderful working powers. Now one thing about my best friend, She's that one person that knows me. Uh, she knows my upside and she knows my downside. And so when she speaks, she speaks with compassion and she speaks with authority. And so from talking to her today, she made me realize that people need to know that God is still the same today and as yesterday. God hasn't changed from the God in the Old Testament, the New Testament. Now, in the Old Testament, there's recorded 83 miracles. In the New Testament, it's recorded 80 miracles. And I believe that God performs miracles Every day, supernaturally. So I'm excited to talk about to you about miracles and about believing God in the impossible because he's a way maker. But I also want to let you know, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Uh, I think that this is going to be a blessing to whoever listens to it. I need a miracle. And we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about it. And I hope that what God had placed in my heart would penetrate somebody's mind and thought today. That they would be encouraged about believing in the impossible. I believe the last month of the year that some people are going to get their blessing that they had been waiting all year for. And it seemed like everybody was being blessed before before them. It seemed like they had been forgotten. Seemed like what all they went through, that there wasn't no reward. But I know right now there's somebody who don't know how they're gonna pay their rent, how they're gonna pay their car note. 
How they gonna even provide food for their family? They got bill collectors calling them. Their checking accounts are overdrawn. But I wanna tell you, God works miracles. And so what we're gonna be looking at, we're gonna be looking at 2 Kings chapter four. This is, to me, 2 Kings chapter four is one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible because it deals in impossibilities where things happen that shouldn't happen because it's impossible. And I want to tell a person who's been faithfully serving God and who feels that they did all these things and God didn't see them. Let me tell you, God did see your works and he knows your labor and he's not going to let you not be rewarded for your labor. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later about what happens to those who serve Christ, who serve the kingdom. Do they be rewarded in this life on this earth or is, just, is it a heavenly reward? But I'm going to let you on a tad bit secret how it works. You know, in the New Testament, Jesus taught us how to pray. He said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, right? But within that prayer, he said, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that means that what God has in heaven can be brought to earth. Can I get an amen? What God has in heaven can be brought to earth. You have the ability. I have the ability to bring that forth. And I just wanted to share that with you today. I want to let you know whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. I want to let you know that God loves you with an everlasting love. That he would never leave you nor forsake you. But before we get started, you know we always have to open up in prayer. Because I believe prayer is that disinfectant that cleanses the air. That it get away all the foul things that are around us. And I'm so excited because about this message. Because earlier today, I was with my brother and we had went to the store. And God was speaking to me all while I was with my brother. And I don't know if you've ever been just in a hurry. Because you know that you had a message or a word from God to give to somebody. That's how I felt. Oh, I was so excited. I was so excited. I was so excited that I was glad to get home. And I was ready just to record and talk about what God has for his people. I was so excited. But I had to wait because God was still speaking to me. I had to wait until the right time. Now, this is the right time to talk about, I need a miracle. I need a miracle. I hope that anyone who needs the power of God to prevail in their life, that it comes to pass for them. I'm trusting and believing that God is getting to release miracles throughout the world. One thing about the podcast, the podcast 
goes all over the world. And that means that people can hear you in different places. You know, uh, I've been heard in Canada, Iran, uh, Russia, United Kingdom, including states in the United States. So God's word can be sent through the airwaves to reach people all over the world. I need a miracle. Danny Hampton needs a miracle. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And like I said, it took my friend through her speech made me realize this is time to talk about miracles in this season. Because this is a difficult time for a lot of people. Because people are dealing with a lot of things. They're dealing with not having jobs, missing loved ones, broken relationships. Things are not the way they should be. But let me tell you something about this God we serve. We serve a mighty God. And I'll be reading from the NIV Bible today. And we'll be looking at 2 Kings chapter 4. Let's pray. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I just thank you for the day, Father. I'm so excited, Father, about this word that you gave me. I thank you, Father, for fellowship with others because I wouldn't have got this, this word if it wasn't from fellowshiping with my friend. Father, I pray that you bless your people, the people who are in hospitals, people who are in prison. Uh, I pray for the children, Father. I pray for the parents who don't know how, what they're going to do. They don't even know what they're going to do tomorrow because they, they don't have nothing today. Father, I believe that you're a God of miracles. I believe that you're a God that shows up. Father, I'm asking you to release miracles throughout the world today that would bless your people. I pray, Father, not only do you release miracles that people will testify about who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to let you know whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. You're not alone. That's the title of the podcast. You're not alone. You're, you're not alone. Even if you're in the house by yourself, even if you're in the car by yourself, even if you are in a closet, even if you're surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of people, you're not alone. God is forever present. The Holy Spirit is here. I want y'all to know that, that the Holy Spirit is here. One of the things that I do, I ask the Holy Spirit to be my guide, be my leader, be my teacher, be my confidant. Teach me the things that I need to know. Help me, correct me. This is what I'm asking the Holy Spirit to do in my life. Because I can't do it on my own. And so I'm excited. You know, I want to give you a definition of miracles. Its power, inherent ability is used of works of supernatural origin and character such as could not be produced by natural agents. That's what a miracle is. Something that you just can't produce on your own. You can't call nobody up. 
you don't know where to go. But God is the answer. You know, one of the things that I, I want to let y'all know, the reason why prayer is so powerful, prayer is your communication to heaven. Do you know how you reach heaven from earth? Just by opening your mouth. You reach heaven by opening your mouth. You know, we got this technology. Uh, before the computer age, the biggest way of communicating was writing letters, going writing letters, you know, or picking up the phone call, picking up the phone and making telephone calls. But now we have this thing called the internet where you can be in a hundred places at one time. You know, we live in an age where communication is so instant and so fast. And but I want to let you know, God has the ability to bring about a change in anybody's world suddenly. And like I was saying about the miracles, there are so many miracles in the Bible that some are taken for granted because they are not fully highlighted. However, there are 83 miracles recorded in the Old Testament and more than 80 in the New Testament. You know, and guess what? The first miracle that you're going to discover in the Bible, it's going to be in the book of Genesis. It's going to be Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 to 27. That's the creation. God just spoke it into existence. So this is the first miracle. God just opened his mouth. So I want you to understand how important it is for you to open your mouth and talk to God. Because God said, let there be light. There was light. Whatever God wanted, he spoke it into existence. And then the second miracle that you'll find out where Enoch is being translated is found in Genesis 5, 24. And then the great flood Found in Genesis chapter 7, verses 17 through 24. So I just want to encourage you today that I need a miracle, you need a miracle, and we're going to believe God that he would manifest his working powers in the earth today. I'm so excited to talk to you today. And we're going to dive in to 2 Kings chapter 4. In 2 Kings chapter 4, this is a story about a widow. Her husband had served God his life. He'd done the things that were right. He served, but he passed away and he left his wife with two children. And at this time, she had no one to help her. Remember, in this, in this time, there is no, I can get along. I can make this happen this way, that way. She was a woman. So this is really an impossible situation for her. But I'm going to tell you, and the reason why I picked this is because this deals with 
a wife who was married to a man who served God. And because he served God, she was able to testify to a prophet about it and tell him, this is what my husband did. And let me tell you something. Like I said, you can't serve God and not be rewarded, right? Now, he might not didn't get it when he was alive, but when his family needed it and God remembered her. And let's look at 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1. The wife of a man, the company of prophets cried out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. You know that he reverent the Lord, but now his creditors is coming to take my two sons, my two boys, as his slaves. See that? She didn't have to run to the bank. She went to the man of God, because in the Old Testament, the prophet was the person who heard from God. And so he was God representative on earth. And so what she did was she went to God's representative on earth. And she reminded him of what her husband did for the Lord, that he represents the Lord. So first of all, I need to let you know, you need to put yourself in line with God. You want to see these miracles happen, things happen in your world. Her husband reverenced God. And this is what Elisha replies to her in verse 2. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me what do you have in your house? Let me tell you something so you can see this. I want you to see it because you don't see it. You miss it. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. I want to let you know you're not alone. But you'll miss it if you don't if you don't see it. Because I want you to see see that Elisha, God was speaking to him. Because when he asked her, he knew that God was going to do something. And let's look at it again. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Now, this woman just came to him and said, hey, my husband, creditor, has come to take my two boys and make them slaves. And he asked her, what do you have in our house? I'm quite sure she was perplexed just even by him even saying that to her. What, what is he talking about? But let me tell you something. This was meant to provoke her off of thinking about the creditor. And what the man of God was saying, you got something in your house of value. And so you have to see, you have to see that. And then this, this is, she, she realized that she has nothing but one, one thing. And this is what she said. Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a little oil. Ain't that powerful? She said, I ain't got nothing but some oil. But do you think that she knows what he's getting ready to say 
She just said, all I got is some oil. In other words, why would he ask her that? This is the reason why he asked her that, so you'll know. It was meant to activate her faith. The little oil that she had was going to bring about a miracle in her world. And I'm going to, and I'm going to show it to you. And I want you to see it. He asked her, what do you have in your house? And she said, all I have is a little oil. So sometimes if God asks you to give a little something, take the challenge and see what God does. Take the challenge and see what God does. See what God would do for you. That was the challenge. Then he's going to say something so far out of left field. This is what he's going to say. You know, when you're in debt, you're in debt. There's no way out. She's looking at it. Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the doors behind you and your sons and pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put to one side. When you get instructions from God, follow. Because she's starting to follow God. She's going, hear the man of God saying, hey, this is what you do. You and your, you and your sons go in the house, close the door, go borrow all these vessels, and just start pouring oil. So check this out. She left him afterwards, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were filled, she said to her sons, bring me another one. See, this is the miracle. Remember she said that she only had a little oil. The man of God said, you in debt. Let's put a little bit more debt on it because God's going to do some supernatural things in his, in his woman's life, in her son's life. Now, the thing about he told them to go in the house to shut the door. That was so that they can keep the doubt out. Let me tell you something about when you're believing for a miracle. There will be doubt that rise up. So sometimes when you're believing for something to happen in your world, it's not meant for you to tell the world just yet. Sometimes it's only meant for you to tell the people who will believe with you and be in agreement with you that it can happen. So, they do what the man of God says. And like I said, in verse 5, it says, She left him afterwards, shut the door behind her and her sons, and they brought the jars to her. And she kept pouring. When all the jars were filled, she said to her sons, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar left. The oil stopped flowing. Now, this is what she did. She did what the man of God said. What she didn't do and with this thing, she didn't get ahead of the man of God because I'm going to show you in the next verse. Because remember, what she did was like I told you about the power of prayer. She talked to God. She got a word from God. 
she was obedient. All she had was some oil. In other words, it was a sacrifice. Then she went, her and her sons went and borrowed. And then they did what the men of God said. But she didn't lean to her own understanding. She came back and acknowledged the men of God because she needed the problem to be resolved. And check this out. Because you got to see it. If you see it, then you'll see it. You'll see what happens. She went and told the men of God. And he said, go sell the oil. Pay your debt. And you and your sons can live on what is left. See, God will bless you abundantly. More than you can ever imagine. This is the type of God that we serve. He can do it abundantly. Because guess what? Now, when she first went to the men of God, all she talked about was what? About the creditor. But what the man of God said, hey, we're going to do something. And not just do something. God didn't leave her just with paying off the bills. He gave her enough that her and her sons can live on. That's the power and the wonderful working of God. A miracle. Something that you just cannot do on your own. It takes nothing but the power of God. You know, and I'm going to back it up because the Bible says about two or three witnesses of things established. So what I told you about 2 Kings being such a powerful chapter and it talks about miracles and things happening. And like I told you, for the people who are serving God, when you serve God, sometimes you might feel that I've been serving and things just ain't been working out for me. I've been believing. I've been seeing everybody get ahead of me. Where? Where's my God at when I need him? Where is he at? Have you ever felt that way? I have. You know, that's one thing I like about when I had talked about Job. Job didn't give God. He didn't blame God for any wrongdoing. He was a mature worshiper. And we have to grow to that. In other words, that doesn't happen overnight. In other words, that comes with trial and error of life. But now we're going to talk about the Shulamite woman. And we're going to see the power of God. I want you to know that I need a miracle. And God can provide that miracle. I need a miracle. Do you need a miracle? Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. You're not alone. Like I said, if you have any prayer requests, please send it to me so that I can pray over it. And also, one of the things that uh, I had mentioned to my friend Ayana is that when I do get prayer requests, that she's my friend and I want her to pray with me as I pray for you. I need prayer warriors around me and she's a prayer warrior so and so I'm building a prayer band so that when the prayer petitions come in that you'll be covered by people of faith people who believe and trust God in the impossibility God works in impossibilities you know I don't care when you go to the mailbox and you open it up and you get something and it discourages you. 
Understand, we serve a God that can change that. If you get that phone call, we serve a God that can change that. If you go to work and they say, don't come back no more. We got a God that can fix that. We got a God that can take whatever is ailing you and turn it around. So now let's get into the Shulamite moment because I want you to see, like I said, about two or three witness things established. And I want you to see how this God that we serve is able to do things. So if you've been serving God and you feel that you have not been rewarded, don't give up because God has not had hadn't forgot you. Because the Shulamite woman, she's going to do some, something that's going to cause a release in hot life like never before. And let's look at what happened in verse 8. One day, Elisha went to Shuman, and a well-to-do woman was there who urged him to stay for a meal. So whenever he came back, he stopped there to eat. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay there whenever he comes to us. And you know, this woman didn't know that she was setting herself up by giving. And what she, she knew that he was a man of God. She knew that, see, they traveled on foot. So in other words, when a man of God had to go somewhere, he had to walk. And he might have a long walk. But she said, hey, he got to come through this way. Hey, let's uh, give him a place where he can rest. And you see how she fed him. She was feeding the man of God, giving without even realizing that she was giving. Providing shelter for him to stay when he travels, she was setting herself up for a miracle. She was setting herself up for a miracle. So I want to let you know, if you've been serving God, God has forgot about you. Then it says, one day when Elijah came, he went up to his room and laid down there. He said to his servant, Gehazi, call a Shulamite. So he called to her. And she stood before him. Elisha said to her, Tell her, You have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king? Or to the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. What can I do for her? Elijah asked, this is powerful because guess what? God is getting ready to do something for her. God is asking her. God is using the men of God to ask her, what did she want? And she does this. She's saying, I'm all right. But his servant, Gehazi, said, well, she has no son and her husband is old. Then Elijah called her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elijah said, you will hold your son in your arms. She said, no, my Lord. She objected, 
don't mislead your servant, O man of God. But the woman became pregnant. And the next year, about that same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elisha had told her. See, she didn't realize that her service had given into the kingdom, uh, that she would get a child. Gehazi had noticed that her husband was whole. <laughs> and, and he felt, because, you know, to be a woman without a child in those days, to be barren, was considered to be a curse. So even though she didn't say that, she didn't, didn't ask for anything. But the men God, his servant said, she ain't got no, she ain't got no child. And then when the man of God spoke, you see, fear always comes in. Fear will always come in in the miracle. The fear will come in because let's look at verse 15. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway about this time. Next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arm. No, my Lord, she objected. Don't mislead your servant, O man of God. But the woman became pregnant. And the next year, about the same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elisha had told her. Hallelujah. That's a miracle out of nowhere. And she didn't even know that she was setting herself up by giving. So if you're in the kingdom and you're doing what you're doing, understand God has you. God has you covered. He hasn't forgotten. He, he won't mislead you. He will do those things. So I want to let you know that. Now let's, let's, now, now let's look at uh, verse 18. Because you know, sometimes when the, when the blessing and the miracle come, you know, it comes with a challenge too. So, and so sometimes now this challenge is getting ready to happen. This challenge is meant for the man of God. This is meant not just for her. It's meant for both of them. God's about to put them both to the test. But we're going to see a miracle. And the reason why God is putting them to the test because the man of God, when he saw his master Elijah be translated, carried off in chariots, he asked for a double portion. So he wanted to do the things that his master had done, but he wanted to do them a double portion. But it comes with a challenge. Amen. I want you to know whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And your miracle is on the way. Your miracle is on the way. And let's go to verse 18. The child grew. One day it went out to his father who was with the reapers. He said, my head, my head, he said to his father. His father told his servant, carry him to his mother. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon. And then he died. Wow, ain't that something? Man, God, you want me to say, hey, don't tell me this. You know, oh, man, God, don't lie to me. See, now, her faith is getting ready to get pump she's going to do something and she's going to tell her husband and she's not lying to her husband it might appear that she's lying 
But what she's doing is she's letting her faith speak life into death. She's letting her faith speak life into death. And we're going to see that. And we're going to see that she let her faith speak life into death. She called her husband and said, please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God and quickly return. Why go to him today? He asked, it is not the new moon or the Sabbath. She said, it's all right. She said, she saddled the donkey and said to her servant, leave me on. Don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the men of God at Mount Carmel. And when he saw her, at a, saw her in the distance, the men of God said to his servant Gehazi, Look, there's the Shulamite. Run to meet her and ask her, Are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything is all right, she said. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. You know, now I want you to understand that she took hold of his feet. That meant that she bowed because she's in need of a miracle. A miracle. So she bows and grabs his feet. And sometimes you got to get low when, you, when, you, when you're talking to God. Sometimes you got to get low. It says in verse 27, when she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away. But the man of God said, leave her alone. She is bitter and distressed, but the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Did I ask you for a son? She said, that's it. See, now she's going to say, hey, man, you didn't, you messed me up because, like I said, she didn't want nothing. If you go back and you look in that, you're going to find out. She said, I got a home with my own people. But now she said, did I ask you for a son? My Lord, she said, did not I tell you, don't raise my hope? Elijah said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your hand and run. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. Now, I want you to understand. The staff is, is symbolic of his, uh, his anointing because it's something that he walked with. You know, that was his staff. In other words, uh, Moses had one. That was his Symbolic of his anointing. And the reason why he told Gehazi not to stop and talk to people, because in those days it was a custom. If you ran into somebody, they would ask you a lot of questions about, hey, how your family doing? How your mama doing this and doing this and doing that? And because they didn't see one another very often. So it was no telephones. It wasn't no Internet. So this is the reason why he tells him, don't do this. Now, the man of God is exercising his faith because he believes there's anointing on that staff because he touched it, because he's anointed by God. And so he knows that he has to, he can't get there fast enough, but his servant is fast enough to get there before he gets there. 
And he said, God didn't tell him. You know, tell me, you know, I, I, I love to see people of faith and people of strong faith because they're able to stand on what they know. You know, he didn't, you know, he didn't get perplexed. He didn't get stressed out. He said, God, God just didn't tell me this. Get in, and, and let's get to, uh, let's go back to 29. Elisha said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your hand. Run. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. But the child mother said, as surely as the Lord live and as you live, I will not leave you. So he got up and followed her. Let me tell you something. This man of God had so much faith that he told him, take the staff. But she said, uh, you ain't going to stay in this house, man. You're going to come and go with me. Because, you know, let me tell you something. The power of the word, if you understand how you're speaking spoken word, in other words, you can speak a word and you can, you can be 50,000 miles away. And if you speak it in faith, it can produce what it needs to produce. And when he said, take that staff and let, he wasn't saying that, that he had to be there. Do you understand what he was saying? I don't have to be there. Go take my staff and lay it on him. But because of the mother, he got up and went with her. When Elijah reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He went in and shut the door on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. See what he did? You know, in the New Testament, you see what Jesus only took just certain people with him because he didn't want no, no, no doubt to creep up. It says that he went in just with him and a child. And he shut the door because now he fits to provoke God to do a miracle. Amen. Can I get that? Okay. And so it just said when he, Elijah reached the house, there was a boy lying dead on his couch. He went in and shut the door on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and laid upon the boy's mouth to mouth, eye to eye, hand to hand. And he stretched himself upon him and the boy body grew warm. Woo! You see that? It said the boy body grew warm. God working. God, you know, God working. <laughs> talking about, you know, he gave him a sign. The body started warming up. That woo, I can, I can, I can, but for the sake of time, I, I, you know, I, I, I won't run on. But uh, it says this, Elijah turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed and stretched out upon him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. And Elijah summoned Gehazi and said, call a Shulamite. And he did. And when she came in, he said, take your son. She came in and fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. Boy, that'll get you pumped up. I want you to know God working miracles. And I don't know what you need today. God is working a miracle in your life and my life. This day. So I hope that the show has been a blessing. I'm going to close out. I'm going to close out in prayer. Oh, precious Father. I thank you for this word that you have given me to give your people. I need a miracle. Father, I thank you, Father, for having fellowship and conversations, Father, with my friend that led to this message. 
Father, I ask you bless those people, Father, who need a miracle from you in this season. Do it for them, Father, because the year is not over with yet, Father. You have the time and you have the power to do it. Father, I just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. But I also want to tell you, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. I love you and I'll talk to you later. Have a blessed day.